This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online, it's just click, send, and save for as low as $4.99. That's $4.99 a month. Try it for free for 30 days and get a free 10-pound scale when you visit pb.com slash TMS. That's pb.com slash TMS. Coming up on TMS, best butthole covers. A really rough Brazilian. Not related. A little curbside action from five guys. Gnarled, throbbing devil root. I cannot ride my bicycle. I cannot ride my bike. Potential beef. Took a lot out of me. I think I fancy the tube steak today. Teaching the kitten how to lick his bum. Mad Max, sideways road. I asked for more pancakes. I asked for more pickles. Pancakes? Where'd I see pancakes? (laughs) Probably from the next one. I asked for more pickles. They wouldn't give me more pickles. Fauci pantsless. Toxic Tic Tacs. Aggressive flock of seagulls. Use the reduce bulge tool. Making things with Bill. Jury duty and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. I'm looking for Eminem. I thought I could just come in. Greg. <laughs> The morning stream. Looks like I pulled a Johnson. Oh, hey, everybody. What's going on? It's uh, the morning stream for May 12th, 2020. I'm Scott Johnson with Brian Ibbett. Hello, Brian. Hello, Scott. You were dancing. I like that. I was. Yeah. Had no, oh jeez! You know, look at you get dance down. every dance every morning to the music. I yeah. just sometimes don't do it on camera. That's a good point. Which is a good thing, really. Trust us. Trust us yeah. on that. Yeah. Hey, uh, currently some things you don't want to see. Currently, right now in front of a Senate committee, uh, Doctor Anthony Fauci is uh, uh, testifying about some stuff. Uh, just talking about okay. this current state of the thing, and he's in his home. Uh, it's in a room full of books, as you might expect from a guy like that. Super smart dude. Mm-hmm. Got books everywhere and papers, important looking books and stuff everywhere. And he's in a suit, of course, just fully suited up. But you as can't you see below his waist. So I want to take a little bet here. Do you think <laughs> Do you think Anthony Fauci is the kind of guy that would just throw on some shorts or in his undies and, and hop on camera? Or is he all the way to the hilt with like the polished shoes and everything? I think somewhere in between. I'll, I, I don't think he's pantsless, mm. but I'll bet you, and I don't think he's just wearing shorts, but I'll bet you it's something more casual uh, below uh, the Southern Hemisphere. I bet it's like a, a pair of jeans or something like that, a Dockers or... All right. Interesting. Some, uh, something like that. I don't think... He doesn't come across as the... As the uh, they're only going to see me from the top, so I'm going to go ahead and just be pantsless. <laughs> He strikes me as somebody who might go all the way and just have like the fanciest socks and pants and everything, just like as if he was going to be yeah, seen in his full glory. I don't, I could be wrong, but he, yeah. uh, it seems like he's, I know he might. You know, you might be right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, and then there's oh, was there a toilet flush in the Supreme Court hearing last week? I missed that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, there was somebody somebody responded. I don't remember who it was, but uh, you hear it clear as day, like uh, total flush right after. Uh, <laughs> Right after one of them is wrapping their statement up. Who do you want that to be? Who, who, what, which, uh, which justice do, would you prefer be the one that flushed the toilet if you had to pick? Oh, one? I want it to be uh, with the new guy. Um, uh, I like beer. Oh. <laughs> you want it to be Kavanaugh? Okay, I want it to be Kavanaugh. Yes. All right. I was gonna say I don't know who I'd want it to be. 
I don't you know. Just as uh, you wanted to be Ruth Bader Ginsburg, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> she just she's flushing down a big one. Dropped a little tiny deuce. Yeah, she doesn't do much. Uh, the one that I was thinking would be like Clarence Thomas, because he never says much. Like he doesn't talk as much. Well, he's talking more lately than he used to. But I just picture him being a little flusher and then not saying anything about it. But anyway, yeah. we're gonna stop dreaming about what that must be like over there for them, and talk about what it's like for us. So. Both my wrists are destroyed. Would you like to know why? I'd like to know why, Scout, or do I want to know why? You really do. They're super sore right now because Kim and I yesterday took a bunch of time to pull out some some big bush things that are out in the front of the house. And uh, we've had them forever, and they suck, and they they kind of permeate other stuff, and the roots go far. Gave the front of your house a Brazilian, did you? Kind of, yeah, except in a real rough way. Like, (laughs) imagine getting a Brazilian with... People sort of standing on you and pulling as they hold you down with their feet. That's the kind of Brazilian yeah, we gave it. I assume that's how they do it at uh, salons, too, with the hot wax. Yeah, I mean, I've never done one. Standing but... on top of you. and Sure. One would assume. that's. I know that's how my dentist does yeah. things, so why not Brazilian people? <laughs> so anyway, I'm yanking these roots out, and it turns out they're really hardy and 10 years in the ground and not wanting to come out on their own. And uh, she wants to replace these with, I forgot what she called them, fire, uh, no, Flaming something. Ah, anyway, there's really hot Cheetos. No, it's really that'd be cool if we could grow those. I'd make a bundle here in town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but no, it's like (laughs) these bush things that in the fall turn bright red. Hmm. Um, but they don't fall off. It doesn't. They don't. uh, What's what's it? What do you call that? A perennial that just always keeps its leaves. So the flowers just stay on, or the leaves always stay on. I think so. Red. I think so. They just turn red in the fall, but in the spring again, they're green. I forgot the name of the damn things. But anyway, they're very nice. We're excited to get them in there. But to get them in, we had to pull out this gnarled, freaking devil root looking, mm-hmm. like a like something you'd see hanging from the ceiling in a dungeon in, in World of Warcraft or something. Just a big, throbbing <laughs> nightmare. And uh, anyway, I'm using muscles I forgot I had. And uh, oh, gosh, this morning I got like just like tendonitis all down my wrists. Uh, and sure. Yeah, it was Oof. real fun back shoulders i need someone to like give me a massage if you know what i mean a nice steady massage <laughs> anyway that was fun but i also you get one of those from a massage like do you have do you hire a massage to give you a massage yeah if you want a massage you get the right massage and then everyone's happy uh carter's in the chat room today so she'll and she'll enjoy this part i'm sure that i murdered a bunch of snails by accident because mm, there are sure. a ton of snails in there for some reason they're all bundled down and by those roots mm-hmm. and it, I did my best to save as many as I could and I think I saved somewhere in the neighborhood of like 50 snails but there were some that were caught in the crossfire they were collateral damage sure. I couldn't do much to save them but also there were some snails that weren't living already they were just shells with a little dried up black turd inside right so you know those are dead <laughs> so right. I did right. my best Carter to save your little creatures okay this is how it's always been with her since the day she was born you can't kill the spiders. You have to let them out. You can't kill the ants. Yeah. You have to nope. scoop them up and take them somewhere. She is now. She you is, guys, she, you guys must have a little more humidity than we do here because we don't get snails are pretty rare in Colorado, mm-hmm. and we're at the same, roughly the same elevation. But you've we get them um, in uh, uh, only in rainy seasons or you know rainy times and in uh, dark, dank places. Kind of the okay. same place you'd get like uh, black widows and stuff. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Where it's dark. Yeah, we wet. don't get them. Or we get them a lot more 
rarely i guess is the is the thing we get slugs yeah but not snails yeah we definitely we have homeless snails that just don't have a shell they just basically walk around and these aren't they actually kind of appear weirdly they appear like they do in animal crossing it's like on the rocks when it's raining and that's about the only time you ever see them um and sometimes in the street when it's raining or whatever but uh yeah i don't know where they come from but suddenly they're there and then then they're gone so you can have some. Would you like some, Brian? I can send you some and see how they survive in your oh, climate. Thanks. I'll pass. You don't want any of those, do appreciate you? The, appreciate the offer. Okay. I'm going to pass. All right. Well, I apologize to the snail community for any inadvertent <laughs> death I caused, and uh, but I think I'm good with my daughter. That's what matters the to me. Snail aside, yeah. Right. Uh, also, a bit of credit goes out to Tap Tap Percussions. He knows who yeah. he is. Yeah. Sent some cool stuff. I got some Tic Tacs. Oh, where'd they go? You have yours there. I have those too. I have those same Marge head Tic Tacs. And we have uh, we each have uh, one for ourselves and one to give away Mm -hmm. um, as a prize. They're blueberry, but they don't taste blueberry. No, they're hairspray like taste. They taste like hairspray. They're not. It's not a great. It's not a great taste. Not a great taste, but it's Marge's hair, so why not be? Yeah, uh, that's why I'm surprised that they're. Marge flesh colored as opposed to Marge hair colored. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like if they're going to be blueberry, color the Tic Tacs blue. I agree. Also, Tic Tac. Uh, people at the Tic Tac factory work on your flavor. It's not. It's not a uh, blueberry at all. Tastes yeah. uh, weird. Anyway, uh, that was really nice of him. Sent a book as yeah. well, and uh, I, I haven't read it yet, but I, uh, I it's, it looks cool. I'm excited to pick it up and check it out. Just wanted to give cool. him some credit. He said, oh, you don't have to mention it. I'm just doing this for to be nice. And I said, too bad. That's what we do on this show. <laughs> right? right? Exactly. All right. Also, uh, the Geeky Brit wrote in. Okay. Don't know who this is. There's a lot. Hello, of- Geeky Brit. <laughs> There's a lot of Brits. They're all geeky. So who knows what this one is. But he says this. He or she says this. Uh, this is probably one out of 100 messages. But, but, Scott. How could you not remember it happened one night? We talked about this on uh, the, mm-hmm. the film, film thing. Yeah, movie, was on film a movie sack? that featured uh, a couple on a bed separated by a curtain. That's what it was. Okay. I couldn't remember what even show we talked about it on, but yeah, I guess it was film yeah. tech. He says, in one of, uh, or says, it is on the cer- a certain list of the best movies ever. You watched it on the current Geek Film Festival. And he says, that's the only reason I ever watched it. So anyway. Uh, I've already okay. seen this film. I should have recognized it. Uh, they say the first thing to go is your is your memory of movies. So this is me forgetting yeah. things. Marty McWho, uh, Doc Who, <laughs> back to the I am what? Your what Luke yeah. Skywalker? What? <laughs> yeah, wait, was he his Play uncle? I think he was his uncle, right? I think <laughs> that was right. it. That's right, exactly. Anyway, his wallet. I don't mind getting corrected. It's fine, you guys. Yeah, I don't have totally a problem. Bring it with on. It. I haven't seen it happen one night. I need to. Because it is, it is on you know the AFI top 100, and that's a movie that I feel like I should watch. So it's uh, it was good, for, especially for how old yeah. it is, like 39 or something, mm-hmm. like very old, and uh, somehow held up weirdly. So uh, and also I think it's kind of the granddaddy of all rom coms. Rom coms. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just there's so many tropes in it that still exist. If Jennifer Aniston's in one now or something, it's like the same <laughs> same freaking thing. But I did this again yesterday. I was on the Boop Show with Brian, and I was talking about a game as if I'd never talked about it before. And someone in the chat's like, okay, Grandpa, talking about games from like six episodes ago again. Fine, whatever. <laughs> and I went, no, I didn't. And I got mad at the guy, and I timed him out in chat because I was so annoyed. 
And then I kept uh, talking about the game. And then Brian was talking about his game. And I thought, well, while he's doing that, I'm just going to make sure that I actually didn't already talk about this game. Yeah. Sure enough, six episodes before I had totally talked about it and uh, forgot that I'd had. And so I felt bad. And I don't know if that guy's going to forgive me for timing. Did you out. time yourself out to make amends? Like, did you say, okay, I'm timed out for, for three minutes? Yeah, I didn't. But I... I mean, it could it would have been a nice move of solidarity, but it would have meant that Brian Dunaway would have to host the damn thing. <laughs> to carry so, the show for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure he would have wanted to do that, but uh, anyway, if that guy's here, I don't know if he's in here. Uh, <laughs> goats from home, and that guy was Adolf Hitler. And that man, <laughs> John Cena. But I, but my point is, I don't have a problem admitting it. If I screw up, I'm happy to do it. I just need to, you know, sometimes I have to be shown. That's- that should be the norm, really, right. honestly. You right. know, we've yeah. said it before. Goof something up, admit it, don't double down on it. And, yeah. And it's bury no, yourself further. It's no big deal. Yeah. Hey, I actually have a recommendation for other people who might be uh podcasting or whatever. It uh-huh. happened here accidentally, but it's one of my favorite things. So uh many of you will recall a conversation with Bill Duran on a Tuesday, much like today, mm-hmm. where uh we were talking about a portable podcasting rig <laughs> that when you opened it up, it had yeah. an on-air light on the top of it. And the the way this story worked, if, if no one remembers this, and I'm sure everyone does, but I'll mention it anyway, uh, Brian was describing it, and I got to looking something else up and didn't hear him talk about it. And so he talked about how it had a red on-air light on there. And then I was doing my thing, and I came back, looked at the picture again, and went, "Oh my gosh, you guys! This has an on-air red or red on-air light." <laughs> now we have this device that we can use anytime either one of us is doing something else, gets distracted, didn't hear somebody, whatever it is. It happens. It's what you do on on shows. And I am telling you, it is a great device to have in your. It's a great arrow in your quiver. It is because what else are you gonna do? Like if I yeah. didn't hear Brian from now on, it's like. Oh, yeah, Scott, I just said that. Like I said, it's like it's as ubiquitous as a love the show, though, or an end times or or that sort of thing. Like we get to use it now for everything. Right. And it's just a nice tool is what I'm saying. So Mm -hmm. if I, you know, if you if you big bunch of distracting freaks in the chat distract Brian, which has been known to happen, I have this little tool. And Mm -hmm. if I do it, he has the tool, too. It's a great tool. So there you go. Free podcasting advice. Take it for what it's worth. Come up with your own, though. Don't steal the red light. You guys don't get it. It's ours now. Yeah, exactly. I even and, have one. That... And, you know, while we're on the subject yeah, yeah, yeah. of the red on air light, uh-huh. uh, another one that gets uh, a little abused and used, not really abused, but just used improperly is just like a Saturday night at Ibbett's house. Uh, <laughs> I love seeing it when it's used properly. Yeah. Randy, Randy Deluxe knows how to use it properly. Uh, usage like... Um, a uh, guitar playing girl singing the song about uh, what's in your butthole. Have you, I don't know if you've seen this <laughs> I girl. Yeah, yes. she's amazing. I love it. Saying that that's just like a Friday night at Ibbet's house, <laughs> or misspelling Ibbet. <laughs> that's not right. It doesn't work. What? I don't have a. Do I have a girl on Saturday nights that comes over and asks, or Friday nights and asks, what's in my butthole? Yeah. No. I no. want to know what's in your butthole, she says. Yeah. And I love the fact, by the way, that. Um, Oh, who was it that did a cover of it? Uh, there's a bunch of covers. There is, but there's one that's like by by like a, a prominent 
uh, well, it's a duo. One of them's a comedian, and the other one is a prominent indie musician. Mm. Not Ben Queller, but it's somebody of that ilk. And the two of them do a cover of it in their little, in their little, uh, their little separate windows. That's another thing. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, please. I'm really tired. Air your, of. air your grievances. Well, Jerry Stiller the died this week. Grievances. He passed oh. away this week. We may as well celebrate his life with some of his best lines. So, air your grievance. What do you have? Uh, as sick as I am of uh, commercials that say crap like in these uncertain times and in these difficult times and trying times, mm-hmm. I'm now even more sick of celebrities on Zoom cameras. Yeah. Like I, if I if I never see the inside of Paul Rudd's house again, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's always like, oh, you guys won't believe it. Uh, Jeremy Renner interviewed. His old pals from the film Zubba Dubba, and they're on the exactly. Yeah, I don't. I'm tired of it too. No, I don't need to see any more celebrities. I know, I know that that's what we have to do right now with social distancing. But maybe go outside. I don't. You know, I'm so tired of trying to figure out what's on Hoda Kotb's bookshelf to try and you know what what eight books has she probably not read that she's got up there for display purposes. Yeah, it's getting it's a little much. we get it. It's like you know what it is. The rest of the the rest of the world, while we've been busy doing this for fifteen years or something, mm-hmm. the rest of the world just now figuring out you can you can have video come from your wait from your home. You mean I can talk to you and you can see <laughs> right. me? Like they're all just now figuring it out. It's annoying. Right, exactly. Annoying me. Anyway, it actually disconnected me from the chair. I'm good. I'm I'm back now though. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. I'm back. Okay. Who's gonna distract Sorry. you now without that? Come on. Exactly. Um, right, I think I'm done with all the things I'm tired of. Last week it was uh, phrases like the new normal mm-hmm. and um, even the phrase social distancing. Now it's celebrities on Zoom and, and commercials that overuse in these difficult times or uncertain times. Yeah. And if you combine to... them all, it's really hideous. It's real bad when you say yeah. all those things together. And if you combine them all, you basically get third eagle going end times. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> it's, it. He's always on Zoom. He's always got books in the background that he doesn't read or, or statues with... Uh, Aerial black printed <laughs> prayer signs taped to them hastily. <laughs> hastily is the key word there. Hastily printed on his Canon inkjet printer <laughs> <laughs> taped. Uh, his HP desk jet. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, don't Mary <laughs> is praying to <laughs> make the COVID virus Catholic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Man, uh, speaking of uh, things not to do online, yeah. I, I did a thing here just while we were sitting here that I gonna, I'm going to go ahead and give a recommendation against. Okay. Uh, while you were talking about the girl that does the butthole song, yeah, I searched in oh, Google no. uh, this phrase. There's the phrase girl I said. Butthole? I mean, <laughs> not even that. Not even worse than that. But also <laughs> seemingly more innocuous, but it's apparently not. I, I searched for the term best butthole covers. And uh, boy, oh boy, <laughs> pants number one, no, number one leader. Right yeah, there, surprisingly. yeah, pants. Then uh, let's see, duct tape, um, <laughs> a cork. They got cork written here. Oh, cork is good, sure. Yeah, yeah. um, plug but, of some sort. Yeah, uh, so you know, the immediate top results were uh, a little gnarly. So don't, uh, you know, don't be like me, don't type best butthole covers. Okay, all right. Yeah, don't. Um, by the way, the uh, I'm gonna find. I know you're. You're the reason you're looking for that is to find who I was talking about. 
It was. I never um, did. I couldn't find it. I just don't know what to, I don't know what to search for. So I, I mean, like, what is that meme going by, like name wise? I know it's tough, right? Because you can't really say um, <clears throat> it's not like butthole girl or something like that. No, it's just I wonder what's in your butthole song. Um, what's in your butthole? Let's see. Okay. I'm so, looking for the covers. Josh Radner and Ben Lee. Is that oh, who it is? Oh, that's exactly who it is. Josh Radner from, uh, that's, that's, yeah, Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother. Okay. The father from How I Met Your Mother and uh, Ben Lee. I knew it was a Ben, right, but well, I said Ben Queller and it wasn't Ben Queller, it was Ben Lee. Well, here, I'll play some of this. See what we get here. They're just on webcams. I have to open Twitter to see it. Hold on. Okay, Twitter. Hello, Twitter. You're being slow. Excellent. Okay, where where's your cover here? Oh. Is it taken down? That's why it didn't work. Okay. No, really? Yeah, apparent I think so, but it doesn't say why. It's just this just not there now. Maybe it's somewhere else. I mean nothing ever dies on the internet. It's somewhere. No, it, it exists somewhere. Alright, um, chat room, your job is to find that damn thing and I'll play a little bit of it. Okay. Apparently they have a they have a band. A pseudo band called uh, uh, Radner and Lee, which oh. is a good name for Josh Radner and Ben Lee. I agree. It, it definitely helps. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like uh, why not Lee and Lee Ra Lee and Radner? Why not that? Well, I'm sure they kind of fought over that. <laughs> um, let's see. This show was going to be the Scott and Brian show, but we couldn't come to an agreement, so that's why it's that's the right. morning. Oh, there we go. DJ Stengel found it. Okay. If you want to play it. All right. Thank you, chat. Sometimes you guys are worth something. Just kidding. I love you all. It's <laughs> just a joke. Here we go. Hit and play. This isn't copyrighted, so we'll be okay. Yeah, we're okay. What's inside your butthole? I always want to know. What's inside your butthole? I always want to know. Will I know? What's inside? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's oh, really so good. good. I'm glad we found it. Thank you, DJ Stangle. It is the perfect song. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's poop jokes and Brian all yeah. wrapped in one and yeah. Uh, when Van is old enough, you know he'll be doing stuff like that. <laughs> like the I look forward to it. It'll be great. Whether it goes viral, viral or not, well, that's up to the internet. But uh, Taylor's got to teach him some ukulele, and he'll be doing the ukulele uh, version of yeah. that. Yeah, he already likes looking at his phone and the camera and making faces and talking, so mm -hmm. should be no problem. Next, All right. Next, it's, what's up? Click that, mash that subscribe button, leave your comments, oh, and hit the likes. Man, I should talk to him <laughs> now about that <laughs> that's right oh uh, what there's a kk slider one no no i think that was a question no for okay just asked if kk slider did a cover of it but i'm sure it <laughs> 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 all my gosh all right that's great um all right quick shout out oh i forgot to tell you sorry animal crossing real quick last yeah. night uh, I have to still go sell them, and I'm hoping uh, Flick is on the island today because I'll make more money. But uh, I, last night I got an island with nothing but scorpions. Nice, you found Scorpion Island. Yep, and it was they rocked me like cool. a hurricane, you might say. 
And yeah. um, I get in there, and there's a. They I could never catch the guy with the two uh, two armed uh, guitar though. That was really hard to find. That just kidding. That's a joke about the Scorpions. Anyway, so I'm in there, and I'm catching them, and I set up a little t- a funnel of holes, you know, to like drag him mm-hmm. into, and then hop over. It doesn't matter. You still die a lot, right? Like it matters, mm-hmm. but you it still kind of sucks if you hit the hole wrong. You're not going to jump in time. They're going to sting you. But that was an amazing island full of scorpions. I came home with packed bags, left all my other stuff there. I'm going to have to remake everything or rebuy everything because you want to fill it as much as you can. Yeah. And uh, and I did the whole oh, so thing. What did you do? A, like, did you leave all of your uh, like all of your tools? Oh, you all of everything? it. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, except for <laughs> except for. Uh, well, net, okay. So your net. But the way I did it is, I thought to myself, now wait, what is the most valuable thing here? that I could fill the net slot with before I leave. And it turns out the axe, I think, was the more expensive of, because it was a flimsy net I was using. And mm-hmm. so I kept the axe. So when I did my screenshot last night on Twitter, it looks like I I used an axe to get all of these these scorpions, which is not how it works. Um, but I left everything else there. I went full I went full, uh, full bags, full of scorpions. I don't know what I'm going to get for this when I get back. I assume they're probably the same price as the uh, tarantulas were back in the day yeah uh, yeah that's so. first first time i've had that kind of run and it didn't take that long but i, I got back two minutes after still, the store closed and it kind of sucked still not seeing the scorpion island but i haven't i don't do I, I need to do some more nook islands uh turner prices currently for me are ooh, 157 Ooh, 157. that's not bad if i didn't have the network of, of people that i do then i'd be tempted to sell if i was you and didn't have the network, yeah. That would be that is how people would sell because because you're mm-hmm. you're likely to be down to thirty tomorrow or something. So, um, right? Yeah. According to Turn a Profit, um, it'll be one fifty seven between one fifty seven and one eighty two this afternoon, and that's potentially my peak. Okay. The whole rest of the week, it's going to be. Beer. Oh yeah, like it's figured out already that I'm on the small spike. Uh, chat room, hey, everybody, I'm on the small spike. Yep. Uh, by the way, that image there that I just posted of my uh, dude, I'd yeah. just like to note that he has a he has a rose in his mouth, a rain hat on, and a white <laughs> bathrobe on, with yellow boots. So he is Look really at all those scorpions. Oh my god! I can't wait to find out how much you uh, how much you make from all those. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. But next time Jeez. I will I will I think my new island clothes are going to be the bathrobe and the yellow boots. I think that's what's going to happen. That's a good combo. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if only you could walk around with a uh, a white Russian in yeah. your hand. And... <laughs> That'd be amazing. Go buy that. Go buy that bell rug. It really ties the room together. I agree. Anyway, so there you go. There's your update. Quick shout out to uh, a member of our community, Wasim Al-Hajamar. Do you think I got that last part right? Al-Hajamar. Al-Hajamar, uh, who started chemo treatments, and uh, oh, he is in our he's in our um, our tadpole. Specifically, I saw this on Facebook, and I just wanted to give him a shout out. He has uh, he has decided to pre-shave his head, which is cool, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's wearing this rad hat that I thought looked real good on him. And also, we just want to let him know that we're thinking about him and we hope it totally. goes exactly as it should go and that he is uh, safe, healthy, and okay during all of that. Okay? For That's sure. what we're hoping for. For sure. Uh, okay, chat room says, I'll get 468,000 bells at the store, but if I sell them to Flick, won't I get like 500 and 
like I get another hundred thousand or something. Probably, yeah. Twelve hundred from Rick Purr. Oh, that can't be right. I don't know if Flick's there though. So if somebody's got Flick on their island. I may have to come over there and sell him there. All right. <laughs> I barely ever see him. Uh, what's the? Oh, that is from Flick. So I'll get four sixty-eight, four hundred sixty-eight thousand from Flick, and three twenty. I'm sorry, three twelve for just the store from Timmy and Tommy and Larry and whoever else works there. The basic, right, exactly. All right. We've had a lot of fun so far, and uh, now it's time for this. I don't watch the news. It's time for the news, and it's brought to you by. From Michael, about a year ago, you ran a segment promoting my GoFundMe, and the community was wonderful. I got so much support and wanted to thank everyone who reached out and donated. Thanks to everyone who was so helpful. My partner and I were able to have a baby boy and uh, baby boy and girl this spring. I just want to say thanks, and if I can help anyone who's in a similar situation, please feel free to reach out. For our full story, feel free to read about it at GoFundMe.com slash cooperation, but there's no need to donate. Lincoln and Elizabeth, thank you, too. Oh, super so nice. Oh, it's good to hear cool. from them. Yep, happy to put that up there, and uh, hope you guys are doing great. Sounds like you are. All right. Brian? Yes, sir. Yes. Time for the news. Yes. Let's do the news. A man allegedly climbed under a speeding truck filled with wine and drunk from the tank. That is insane. Whee! Oh, it's more than insane. I, I don't know how you didn't die. Uh, well, it's miss. It's a the headline. Just realizing the headline is miss misspeaks a little. Bit. A little bit, yeah. Is it too a good of a probably too tempting for them to for sure mischaracterize? But anyway, California man was arrested after he allegedly forced the driver of a tank carrying red wine to pull over, climbed aboard, and began drinking from the tank as the truck continued down the highway. Because that's what trucks do. They don't stop. They don't stop for nothing. No. You can't stop the speed of business. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Uh, The dash cam video of a Cherokee... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cherokee Freight Lines tanker truck uh, hauling bulk red wine through Modesto, California, allegedly shows a 39-year-old suspect, Gabriel Moreno, in a sedan pulling his hazard lights on or putting them on. Uh, on the direct, or sorry, on and directing the truck to the side of the highway. Gabriel Moreno, age 39, was arrested after he was allegedly climbing underneath the tank and moving on the highway, unscrewed a valve and gulped down the red wine that gushed out of it. I don't know why this repeats this a bunch of times. That's fine. Believe, uh, believing he may have had a mechanical problem, the truck driver pulled over, only to see Moreno get out of his car wearing just his underwear. Burying the lead. Exactly. Why wasn't this in the headline? Mm-hmm. Screw the word speeding truck because he didn't climb under a speeding truck. He climbed under a, a truck that was speeding that he got to pull over. Yes. <laughs> he didn't do it while he didn't Indiana this Jones this, this thing. John Wick move or something. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. This isn't Fast and the Furious, Fury, mm-hmm. Fury Faster, or whatever their names are now. <laughs> right. um, let's see. Let's see. Unscrewed the valve. Okay. Um, ran. Oh, he ran to the passenger side of the truck out of the view of the cameras. The driver pulled back on the freeway. Another onboard camera captured, captured the suspect back in view uh, in the back of the wine truck with no shirt and shoes. Moreno sh- uh, rode on the side of the tanker and then climbed underneath the truck as the free- at freeway speed. So he did get up to that speed. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, so he was still on this thing. Yeah. He, pu- he got on when he was pulled over, but then the guy took off thinking he was just ran off. And nope, he had glommed onto the side of the oh, thing and climbed wow. under there. Okay. So that's pretty intense. All right. That actually is pretty intense. Jeez. Authorities say the suspect unscrewed the valve and sent the tanker's wine gushing out as he gulped as much as he could. Gulp, 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 gulp. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Fire hosing that thing out of there? Whew. I don't I I don't know. 
I mean, this has to be something that he was doing for, uh, oh yeah, there he is, like all shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would be the reason, do you need wine that badly? Like, uh, you figure this is the best way for you to get alcohol? I was pretty stoked. I mean, that dude was really wanting it. So maybe that, maybe other drugs are involved. They don't get into it. Yeah. But uh, in these trying times. <laughs> it's uncertain times. With, we need wine, don't yeah. we? I'm glad people are still being this stupid because it gives us good stories on the show that aren't COVID related. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate it there, weirdo guy who did the thing. Dang. Oh, um, that's just insane. All right. This is pretty good. A bull's bid to scratch his itchy bum cut off power to 800 homes. Oh, that's a good story. <sighs> okay. So, here's how it went a bull with an itchy bum yeah. knocked a transformer over. And an electrical pole. Knocked over a transformer. A transformer. That was a transformer. Uh, he tried to scratch his backside and cut power to 800 homes. Four-year-old uh, four Ron managed to avoid the box as it landed in his field and escaped a uh, 11,000 volt shock from tumbling cables. So some little kid was barely, yeah, barely missed him. But it left yeah. homes in three nearby villages in South Lincolnshire without electricity. Owner Hazel Lofton told BBC Scotland she was amazed that Ron had survived. Uh, it is uh, thought that Ron, a limousine bull. What is a limousine bull? Never even heard of that. And it's limousine without an e, but all the other word, all the other letters are intact. Yeah. Limousine. Limousine bull. Oh yeah, there's He's no a e. limousine bull. Limousine bull. Uh, brought the transformer down sometime between sometime. Uh, bit, 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 who cares? That's military time. Thursday on East Shadow Hall. Blah blah blah. Uh, Mrs. Lofton, who owns the farm with her husband Greg. <laughs> hey, Greg. Said power was not restored to the local area until about four in the morning on Friday. Uh, there's an image here of these, these people. Let's see. Uh, the agricultural consultant said, We've got up to uh, around six and saw a big generator sitting at the bottom of the road, all linked up in poles, and we thought that was a bit strange. We went up to feed our cows, and it was my husband that noticed the transformer <laughs> box had been knocked off the pole. Philip! <laughs> so, that's so uh... They're a limousine cattle that evolved in the French region, which is now known as limousine or limousine. Um, they, uh, you look at the at a limousine cow, and it looks just like a regular cow. Okay, so it's just a name. Just like a, a name. All right. Yeah. I Named was after the area where they, where. Uh, I was hoping it was longer and had a bar inside. That's yeah, or uh, exactly, or a little glass thing that would go up in front of its face. Oh yeah, <laughs> slowly rise. Yeah, a guy, a guy named Argyle drives it, and. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Plays uh, Run DMC. Yeah. This is this is Christmas music. Christmas and Hollis. Let's see, chat. There he is. There's oh, they're they're kind of gnarly looking though. The bulls are. Wow. Look at that dude. So they must be. I think the 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 big hunchy thing at the by their head is kind of unique. That's probably that's probably that breed or whatever. Wow. Look at all the potential beef in that thing, dude. No kidding. When's the last time you had a real steak, like a good one? How long's it been? Uh, it's the since the start of, of I mean, a really good steak because I did have a pretty good um, Outback prime rib just as things were starting, just as the just the as we stay at home order was starting. Yeah, but prior to that, it's been a couple years, and I'd say it was uh, it was Gordon Ramsay steak. In uh, in Vegas, do you have the last like really good stuff? Oh, I that had. sounds amazing, Jaron. What do you think this is right here? What do we got here? 
What do you think this part of that image is? What do you think that is? Yeah. <laughs> what are you pointing to the? <laughs> you pointing to the teat? Nah, there's the bowl. Oh, so you got the bowl. So that would not be a teat. No, looks like big testicular unit there. That's back there, yeah, between those legs right there, yeah. Metal thorax says, <laughs> "Try to milk it." No, no, I'm not trying to milk it. No, thank you, sir. Not interested. All right. Here's a you know, a, yeah. a, a bull that uh, scratched his butt on a power a power pole and knocked it over. Not nearly as exciting as underwear man running onto a, onto a uh, a tanker, a wine tanker, and drinking from the tanker. Oh, not Just at saying. all. Just saying. Yeah, no, Just not saying. At all. Like in the balance here. Yeah. That's your blockbuster. The other one's your weird it indie is, film you is. put on Netflix exactly. first. Like your your headliner is the is underwear man. I completely agree. All right, the Marines are in the news. These are the Marines, you know, the okay. uh, the the few, the proud, the Marines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I talked to an ex-Marine yesterday. It was an older guy, probably in his 70s, uh, old school Marine dude, nicest guy. We have this neighbor. He's the nicest freaking dude. And he wears a Marine's hat wherever he goes. I like that. With like the name of his ship mm -hmm. on yeah. it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I like that a lot. It's totally cool. Anyway, that guy's great. Uh, anyway, Marines hire a falconer. So that's a dude what trains falcons. Yeah. Imagine he, he just walks around his daily life with a leather glove on his right hand. Yep. And a falcon perched on there all day long. Yep. Pocket full of little meat snacks or whatever they give him. <laughs> what are they having? Mice. I want, oh, yeah, they Dried might. mice. <laughs> <laughs> Dried mice in my pocket. Mice jerky. <clears throat> Ugh. Blah. Um, a Marine, uh, the Marines rather, hired a falconer to thwart seagulls that are hazing recruits at a boot camp. So they got a bunch of seagulls going, and they're just like diving and pissing them off. A flock of them by chance? A flock think? of seagulls, yeah. What's uh, the famous flock of seagulls song? Help me here. Uh, Iran is the biggest one. Oh, I ran, I ran so far away. But so photograph is also popular. If I had a photograph of you. I think that Iran is the best. That is their that is their biggest hit for sure. Yeah. Um, and don't write it Space in Space Age it's, Love Song is another big one for oh, them. Yeah, that's a good one. You're right. I like, they were cool. I liked, uh, I was more of a, um, Oh, what was the other name of the band? There's another band that I can't think of now, so forget it. <laughs> but I liked them. I can't <laughs> There's another new wavy kind of skinny tie band. Not Depeche Mode. I love Depeche Mode, but it's not who I'm thinking of. It was another one. Ah, can't remember the name of the band. No, not Tears for Fears. But I mean, you're in the zone here, t chat room. A little... A little less uh, mainstream, though. Um, Echo and the Bunnymen? Mm, yes, uh, that's it. Echo and the Bunnymen. That's it. Wow. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> first guess. Well done, dude. Jeez. Well done. <laughs> Which band was less mainstream than Flock of Seas? Oh, well, clearly Echo and the Bunnymen. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, what know. else could it possibly be? Exactly. But I really liked them. I remember in the day. I had, I had a new wave phase. I was right. super into it for a while. Anyway. Uh, so Marine recruits training at the East Coast on the East Coast might have had to deal with some pesky sand fleas, but those on the West Coast are facing against a bigger uh, set of pests. They are aggressive seagulls. Marine Corps, uh, uh, sorry, Marine Corps Recruit Depot San Diego, or MCRDACD. You and I both went there. We totally both went there. Um, has turned into California-based falconry service to chase away Western gulls interfering with training spaces at the boot, boot camp. The gulls interfere with outdoor training and obstacle courses and conference courses. 
you think it's more than poop? Do you think it's just that they just don't want the poop? Or do you think these seagulls are like dive bombing them? And, uh, uh, I, well, let's see what it says. It says, uh, okay. they're, they're oh, bugging them on the obstacle course, the confidence course and cause damage to electrical connections on solar panels and stucco in historic facilities. This is captain Martin Harris, a spokesman at the training depot. He said this during the nesting season, April to July, they become aggressive and can attack personnel and visitors aboard the depot. Do you understand me? He said, <laughs> do I make myself clear? <laughs> In a call-out for services posted on the Navy Department last week, or last month, rather, the Marines said that they wanted a contractor to provide falconry services to conduct hazing activities around the recruit training areas and recruit mess hall. <coughs> mess hall rather. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, Adam Chavez, who owns Adam's Falconry Service. What a cool business. Mm-hmm. Right? Hi, Adam's Falconry Service. Yes, <laughs> what can I do for you? Yeah, I need a falcon. What? Are, uh, what are the, yeah, I was going to say, what... Uh, what kind of business do you think they get besides the Marines asking them to uh, chase off some seagulls? Yeah, I guess it would be like, I don't know, you probably, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think uh, we, we <laughs> there's a Frisbee stuck on the roof of my house. We don't have a ladder. Could you <laughs> could train one of your Falcons to go get the Frisbee off the roof? I mean, maybe it's like they do, sh- maybe it's for shows, you know? For, like, I'm uh, sure, like for, yeah, like... Uh, Things like that. Oh, airports, they're saying in the chat. Maybe that's uh, to, to get other birds out of the airport area. Mm. Falcons are cool. They're freaking they cool. cool. Yeah. Cool. I had one on my arm when I was a kid. And I, really? They made me wear the you know the big leather arm Yeah, the thing leather glove. Yeah. Had it land there at the zoo, and he sat there for a minute. Had a hood on, though, so it was kind of innocuous. But uh, mm-hmm. we should put hoods on people we don't like, see if they calm down. <laughs> you know I mean? Gosh, wonder who we'd start with. Yeah. <laughs> We start from the top, work our way down. That's and, right. Uh, but I wonder if that would, I mean, would it work for people? They know they have a hood on is the problem. Oh, with the blast shield down, I can't see anything. <laughs> Focus, Luke. Focus. <laughs> uh, all right. That was a terrible Obi-Wan. Here comes the rest of the story. So let's um, uh, uh, He owns the thing. He says, hazing the seagulls is exactly what Harris Hawks will do. Uh, Adam's Falconry, Falconry Service uh, secured a five-year, $120,000 contract to spend several weeks a year on the plane, on the base to push the gulls back out to the islands off the coast. So long-term Navy contract, decent decent deal. Get those get those falcons out. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Damn seagulls. Because they're, they're ruining things. They're just interfering with our obstacle course and they're pooping on you know what? <laughs> you know what's weird? Here's <laughs> what's, what's weird. As, whenever I think of seagulls i think specifically of the time you were in salt lake city and we were eating at five guys <laughs> and there were there were a bunch of seagulls out in the parking lot but then also we watched that dude in a truck pull over and barf do you remember that yeah yeah totally it was uh you me and uh, the guy you were working on a computer for who was part of our raid team for a little while oh matt uh matt anderson yeah he matt anderson great. yes yeah, he's great yeah. that dude's great uh anyway yes he's uh i talked to him recently by the way he's not playing wild currently but he's doing good I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen him in forever. It's been so. a long time. He's a cool guy. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, the seagulls were out there and this guy puked. And for some reason, that's just burned into my head if I think seagulls. I don't think about it being our national or our state bird. I don't think about anything else. Mm-hmm. I think about me sitting across from Brian and going, mm-hmm. ew, look at that. That guy just barfed in the bush over there. Enjoying some fry sauce with our Five Guys burgers. Yep. Oh, dude. I have not had a five. It's been over. I would say 
three years since I've had a uh, burger from Five Guys. Oh, geez. We had them delivered about a month ago, and it was good. There is one close enough that I could order from there for lunch and get a little curbside oh. action. And you know what's better than you... curbside action from Five Guys. That's right. You know what's <laughs> better than you think from there is hot dogs. They're pretty good. You load them up. They're not God, bad. I just can't. I don't know what it is. Uh, side street vendor, no problem. I can order a hot dog, but I just can't see myself going to a restaurant and ordering a hot dog. I don't know what it is because it's completely, yeah. it's completely just the, um, the stigma that I attach to it. But uh, I just don't. I can't say. Ah, uh, you know, I think I fancy the tube steak today. Uh, does that come with relish? What did? What if? Uh, oh, you know what? Carter reminds me. We just did them this weekend. I forgot we had those. That's that's right. <laughs> that was Five Guys. You're, yes. She's right. I totally forgot. The first thing, the first thing to go. Yeah, she's the one that I think she even bought it. She was being all nice and bought everybody Five Guys. Anyway, uh, no, what was I saying? Oh, you're right. But let's, okay, Brian. How about this? The restaurant is. We have a place here called J Dogs. Okay. All it is is hot dogs and variations on them. Yeah, and we got but there's one here too, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, is that different uh, though for oh, mustard's, you? Mustard's Last Stand. Must uh, what? Ro- what? Wait, hold on, Mustard's yeah. Last Stand, really? Mustard's Last Stand. Yeah, it's by the college. It's a it's a hot dog exclusive place. That sounds and it is amazing. Good. Right, that's amazing but that name. But certainly, when I'm trying to think of a restaurant I want to go to, that is not the. Uh, that's not the first or even the 10th place that I think of that I want to go for. Okay, for so food. that's interesting because it's not about whether it's a regular a place that does burgers that also has hot dogs. Even if it's hot dog dedicated. Even if it's a hot dog dedicated place. Yeah. If I'm if I'm in that area, like, I'm thinking about what all is around there. Okay. Well, there's there's maybe about five or six restaurants around there, and it would probably be the third place I'd think to go. It just if I'm on that street corner and I'm like, I'm hungry, what do I feel like? And it would be I'd, get, I'd go through three of them before I or two of them before I'd say no mustard's last in let's get a hot dog. Sometimes I just get <laughs> it sound like the guy in raising Arizona. Sometimes I get the menstrual cramps real hard. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I just get a craving for. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do. I get hot dog cravings. I want the nitrates or something. I don't know what it is, and I just want to get it. But mm-hmm. I haven't had that in a while. All right. Uh, final the, the story. Trebek ruined me for hot dogs. Oh yeah, that'll happen. Uh, Pep Strebeck, come on, come on, Pep Strebeck. Pep Strebeck, uh, that's Pep Strebeck's from. Uh, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Hold on, that's from. Well, why do I know that? That's from. Oh, uh, that's from an old movie. It is from an old movie that we uh, watched for film sack. Yeah, that's Tom Hanks played the character Pep Strebeck. Yep, it's called. Oh my gosh. Hey Friday, you know the kinds of things. That oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. Sausage press. That's it. Yeah, it's the, the 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 Virgin Connie Swale. Um, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Uh, Dragnet. That's the movie. That's Dragnet. the one. There you go. Yeah. See, he, he goes on a whole diatribe when uh, Dan Aykroyd <laughs> eats a hot dog about the th- kinds of things that can fall into a industrial sausage press. <laughs> that's right. That movie's more enjoyable than it should be. It's actually. It really right. is. Yeah. yeah. Kind of all right. <laughs> All right, final story. This is uh, this is one I picked because Brian's a music guy, so why not? Yeah. Uh, notice none of these are COVID-related, everybody. I just want you to see Yay! the hard work we're doing here. Uh, the pain is relentless, says Queen guitarist and scientist Brian May, who was hospitalized after tearing his butt while gardening. Oof. Yeah, his buttocks muscles have been torn. Uh, Queen guitarist Brian May had to go to the hospital, not for coronavirus. The cause, he tore his buttocks while gardening. 
Uh, reality check for me. No, the virus didn't get me. Thank God. But here says, hope you can keep an extra or you can all keep extra safe out there. He began his Instagram post earlier this week. And then he addressed why he has been so quiet as well as getting over stretched and harassed by too many demands. I managed to rip my gluteus maximus to shreds in a moment of overenthusiastic gardening, he continued. So suddenly I went, Galileo! No, he says, yeah. I found myself <laughs> on a hospital getting scanned to find out exactly how much I had damaged myself. Turns out I did a thorough job. Uh, this is a couple of days ago, and I won't be able to walk for a while or sleep without a lot of assistance because the pain is relentless. Uh, he's a com- com- doing complete rest, doing nothing but healing. Uh, he says, I'll be back, but I need... Uh, the complete break. Okay, thanks. Take care out there. So he ripped Can his bum. anybody find me <laughs> a package of ice? <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, you know, another one bites oh, I got one. I got, I got one. All right. All right, okay. Ass! Ah! <laughs> it tore Rip. every one of us. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Don't right. need a chair. I don't feel like sitting. I think I'll just stand. Don't want a chair. I think I'm going to listen to the Queen later because I'm in the mood now. <laughs> You've put me in the mood. All right, we're going to take it. Spread a- your cheeks and fly away. <laughs> far away. <laughs> What's the one from uh, from Highlander? Uh, uh, who wants to sit forever? <laughs> who dares? <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Bicycles, bicycles. I'll I never know, yeah. ride There's a bicycle. A I'll never girls ride a bicycle bike. race. Both, yep. both get pulled from that list. I'll never ride a bike again. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have Justin and Bill, and not in that order. It'll be Bill first. Uh, before we do that, though, we got to play a song. It is the law. So, Brian, what do you got? Scott, I'm going to give you a shiner. Okay. That's what I'm going to do today. That sounds good. But uh, not a not a black eye. No, I'm going to give you a band called Shiner from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, they have a brand new album that just came out at the end of last week called Schadenfreude. Um, this is their first new album since the 2001 release of their uh, LP, The Egg, which came out from uh, DeSoto Records. Big thanks to Grandstand Media for this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is some rock, man. If you want some rock, I've got some rock. Um, let's see. I do like rock. Uh, turns out. The Queens of the Stone Age and Soundgarden often compare, or these guys are often compared to, but I'll let you decide. Here's the song In the End by Shiner from their brand new album, Schadenfreude.
Hey guys, let's talk about Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than it is right now with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just a click, send, and save for as low as $4.99 a month. That's $4.99 a month. That's crazy. Send envelopes, flats, and packages right from your desk, and you are back to business in no time. And for being a listener of TMS, that's the morning stream, you'll receive a free 30-day trial that you can get started with right away. And... To help you get started even further, a free 10-pound scale to ensure that you never overpay. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SimPro Online. Again, starting at just $4.99 a month. Qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping. Calculate exact postage online and print from your PC or Mac. Go to pb.com slash TMS to access the special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to get started. That's pb.com slash TMS. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SimPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Well, my name's uh, Harold Applenocker from uh, Big Lake, Arkansas. Well, how are you, Mr. Applesocker? Applenocker, Harold. Oh. Stop eating Viagra like they're vitamins. This is the morning stream, and I have some real concerns. We're back. That was so <clears throat> 90s grunge, like bringing me back, man. Bringing me back. Yeah, definitely. I've actually been listening to a lot of Chris Cornell and um, stuff uh, from then lately. I don't know why. Just been into it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, sometimes you get in a vibe where you want that sort of thing. Yep, that one did it for me. Totally get it. Uh, did you want to do the name again or the whatever? Maybe. I will do the name. Thank you for that reminder. Shiner is the band that you just heard. Uh, that was the song in the end from their brand new album, Schadenfreude. And I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. I sure did. Let's get a, uh, a get our bill on from Punish Props. He's coming in here to talk about cool stuff. And... Uh, we're excited, as always, on Tuesday to have him. So here he comes, and here it is, right here. Your bat cave's open there, Bill. It's Bill Duran from Punish Props, all the way up in their Seattle uh, area-ish. Uh, Bill, hi, welcome, and hello. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. How you doing? Morning. Doing all right, We're man. good. How are you? Yeah. Doing good. We had a really nice warm weekend, and I spent a lot of that on my back porch staring at bunny rabbits. Oh, wait. Uh, wild ones, or do you got them in cages, or what are you doing there? Well, we have a pair of wild bunnies that have been visiting us. Oh, very nice. Yes. That sounds nice. like uh, that would happen on the on the Playboy Mansion sometimes. The wild <laughs> I just stared at the bunnies in the grotto. Yeah. So uh, a couple weeks ago, the or, or last week, I did the uh, Thor's uh, Hammer, Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last weekend, I've only showed Scott this, but I'll show everybody now um, that I finally, after this thing sat on my desk or, or uh, sat in my office for four years, three years, um, Mad Max, uh, here's the Immortan Joe, maybe not that long, but it's been a couple of years. It's been since I first got the um, the BQ Witbox. Oh, I guess you can't see it because you're yeah, on Bill can't see Discord. It. Yeah, but you've seen this before, Bill. It's like the... Also, I think your internet's weird, Brian. You're super choppy all of a sudden. Am I choppy? Your voice I is good. Oh, bit... yeah. No, I see our bars in Zoom are yellow. Oh, that's, um, that's not good. What's that about? How do we 
I don't know. I don't know. It tells it's, it tells me showing... tells me you're red is what it tells me. Yeah, they just turned from yellow to red. Yeah. Well, I can start a new uh, hmm. start a new thing while we're chilling here. Uh, that's no good. All right. Anyway, hey. Uh, anyway. So yeah, uh, cool. that thing looks awesome. And I are you gonna do? You told me via text you were thinking about going full Morton Joe like mask and wig and all that stuff. Are you thinking about doing that? Well, I mean, this is the mask. Well, I mean, like, um, you mean the, like doing a like for Halloween? Yeah, like the whole headset uh, thing. Uh, I just showed you this. You suggested that I do the whole Morton Joe thing for <laughs> Halloween. I, <laughs> no, but I, I could pick up a nice gray wig and uh, put some some color under my eyes and do it for do this for Halloween. Oh, Originally, yeah. I was thinking I'd paint this thing up and then use it for um, uh, for uh, like put a COVID mask underneath it, a cloth mask underneath it or underneath it, mm-hmm. and then use it uh, while I bike ride. Sure. There you but, go. There you go. That won't freak people out. You're gonna have to mod out. your bike a little bit, though. It's probably too clean looking. Yeah, it is way too clean. Yeah, this this uh, would not work. That won't freak people out too bad seeing see you this, uh, do that. See right. what happens here. Riding around see if with my that. video is better now. Definitely a little better. He's better. Yeah, he's so better. I'll put this up again for the chat room to see. But it's pretty good. But this is also like really early 3D printing when I had not figured out how to keep lines and and being able to see every individual layer because if you look at this thing close like you see every individual mm-hmm. horizontal layer in this thing over a little and, nook uh, and cranny going on yeah. yeah and uh so now i know about bondo and the magic the bondo can oh yes <laughs> love the bondo the magic but it's always it's always good paint practice though no matter what it totally is yeah and using wash techniques to make it look all grimy and uh and then doing dry brush stuff on the metal to make it look like it's been, it's seen some bad days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very, yeah, really, very cool. really excited about it. And you, that's awesome. I know you mentioned uh, like that you can do, you get some nasty tubing, some sweet tubing to wrap around the neck. <laughs> yeah, get some extra CPAP, yeah. <laughs> extra old CPAP tubing that'll just stick on the outside, spray paint a little uh, tan on there. That's uh, perfect. Make it's it all chunky and look look like it's you know sand battered and that's perfect that's what you want it's gonna look fantastic at the grocery store yep i am yes exactly yeah (laughs) that's the goal uh well all right then uh so bill what are you uh doing this fine day what's going on with you um well i'm glad brian was talking about 3d printing because i want to talk a little more about 3d modeling specifically cad type so computer assisted drawing for 3d printing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm So of all the maker skills that I've picked up over the last few years, 3D uh, 3D modeling actually is is the only one I'm I'm legitimately qualified in. I went mm. to uh, school for computer art, and the focus was on 3D modeling, texturing, rigging, and animation. Uh, but also, when I was like 12, my mom uh, went back to school to become a teacher, and she got to bring her classroom computer home. It was like a 386 or something mm-hmm. and it had autocad release 12 on it oh, <laughs> wow they were already and, at 12 back then oh <laughs> yeah and, and the kind of 11 year old i was i was like hey mom could i learn autocad and she was like sure so i learned autocad pretty young uh and i've been into like technical drawing and mechanical drawing and all that for a long long time so i'm actually it's actually something that i have legitimately qualified skills in and I'm going to be putting together a little video course on 3D modeling so that people can learn uh, just about everything I know and make their own models from scratch. What's your preferred uh, 
uh, creation software these days for 3D stuff. So right right now I'm using uh, Fusion 360. Mm. Yeah, Autodesk yeah. Fusion 360. Nice. Yeah, they they it's super super powerful and uh, you can use it for free if you are a uh, hobbyist or a student, mm-hmm. which is fabulous. Uh, and there's a ton of great um, uh, there's tons of great information out there about it. But what I want to do is put together a course specifically for people who want to make props and costumes. Gotcha. Really focus on the tools that you'll need for just that. Uh, and then uh, show the workflow, how to cut things into pieces, how to print it correctly so you can put stuff together, all, all of that stuff. I want to put together a course. I've done this before for the software um, Inkscape for doing 2D vectors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super useful for making stencils and text uh, for your props. And uh, I use it for making all of my patterns. So whenever I make a foam pattern or a cloth pattern, I'll draw it up in vectors so that I can scale it infinitely and then put it out there or sell it for people to use themselves. Sure. Uh, now before you before you draw something in Fusion 360 or start modeling something in Fusion 360, how far do you go with drawing it out to figure out size and scale and Yeah. So that that, that, that all depends on the thing you're making and what sort of references you have. So if you're mm-hmm. duplicating something from the real world and you're holding that object in your hand, you can measure it directly, right? And then just put those measurements straight into into the software. But if you're making something from a photo, right? You grabbed off the internet. You got to figure out like how big that that thing is supposed to be. And uh, fortunately, in in most uh, 3D modeling software now, you can dump a uh, an image in there, like a side view of a space gun, and then you can calibrate it and say this space gun is you know uh, 13 inches long, and it'll say cool, and it'll rescale the image, and then anything you draw on top of that will be um, at least proportional to the size really? of your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. So scaling, and that's something, of course, I will obviously focus on or cover in this in this course. Oh my God, sign me up, seriously. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been, even just stuff around the house, like I've done a couple things. Um, not even props, not not something that's kind of cool, like, oh, here's my Iron Man gauntlet or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like a coffee spoon holder so that yeah, it doesn't exactly. sit in its own swell. But yeah. it's like... <laughs> and especially, it, like, I don't know about you guys, but nowadays, I, mean, I, I leave, we leave the house maybe once a week to do necessary stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And sure. if you need a little tchotchke or a little thing, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I just run to the store. I'm not going to oh, do that for a spoon holder. That. Right, and you're like, exactly. oh, I can 3D model that in like five minutes and print it, and I'll have the thing. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, well, I want to. I'm going to watch this course as soon as you it's do it. It's going to be great. Well, here's here's what's fabulous. Uh, since I've got you guys here, mm. I'd like to know. I'm, I'm sure both of you have at least given some sort of 3D modeling a shot. I'd like to know what you find the most frustrating when you're trying to learn 3D modeling. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. I, I have messed about a little. Um, so let let me give you an example. <clears throat> Uh, every single 3D modeling software I've used, and I've used a lot, has a different interface. There's a ton of stuff, and it's super overwhelming. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, That is the case with Maya, which is probably the application I have the most experience with. Uh, and Blender is the same way. Or they, they have a new update in the last year or so that, that's helped a bunch. But it's really intimidating. You're like, I just want to make a little spoon holder. And you open up the software, and it's like, blah, a million it's more than Photoshop even. It's really, mm-hmm. really overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. I've, uh, so, my, my, my same exact problem. When I open up a piece of, of software, I, I remember messing around with Mudbox, I think it was called. Yeah. A lot. I remember and that. Mudbox is cool, but 
it's there's so many menus. It's like using the Unreal Engine uh, yeah. <laughs> editor. There's just yeah. so many drop downs, so many con- things here, there, and everywhere. And I know that's how some people look at Photoshop or something when I use it. And I'm just yep. whipping through it, doing all my shortcut keys like it's nothing. So I'm sure you can, you know, like any anything, you can get your head around it and pretty soon you master it. But that's been my biggest complaint is that it's right. just so ominous to get into and just so impenetrable. At least it seems like it when you first open mm-hmm. those things. We, mm-hmm. we recently fired up um, uh, the Un- Unreal? What are the other? Unity? Unity. And it's the same thing. In Unity, you can create any video game you can ever dream of. The problem is when you look at the interface, you're like, wow, there's every tool here to make any video game I can dream of. Which is to say, too many. Photoshop's a great example. Yeah. I use it all the time, but I only use like four or five different tools. Mm-hmm. Like Paintbrush, Move, Clone Stamp. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't use a lot of tools. The thing is that it's designed to do anything. Sure. So, hopefully, if I can pick a focus for this course, people can say, oh, I want to learn how to 3D model so I can 3D print props. That's really what it's going to be, and I'll tell you which specific tools you'll want to learn. Yeah. Well, I wanna I wanna learn more about Fusion 360 to be honest, because I didn't Good, know yeah. I didn't know it was free to to hobbyists. I am a right. hobby, I am definitely a hobbyist. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, it's uh, so frustrating too because they push it so hard, but uh, so many people don't know you can just go get it and use it. They want people to learn how to use it so that when they go work for a big company, that company goes and only buys Autodesk stuff. I and, get right. it, right? And then pays for the the full version. Yeah. Full version through through yeah. the nose when they can afford it. But I think it's great that they're like, hey, hobbyists, mm-hmm. go nuts. Just yeah, have fun. Totally. Go bananas. Oh, and yeah. also um, for the uh, this, cl- this course I'm putting together, the first chapter is going to be how to go and download Fusion 360 for free. Because... That seems to be where people have so much trouble. Yeah, I just downloaded it. Um, it's awesome. available for Mac, PC. Uh, I think there's even a Linux version on here. Hmm. Anyway, uh, for for so you got no excuse, man. Just go get it, mm-hmm. download it, mess with totally. it. I'm gonna install it today yep. and mess around with it. And Brian, you you've already you you play with this already. I've dabbled right? in it, and I I you know I figured it out enough to be able to do the things I wanted to do, but. Um, I get prob- I run into problems where uh, I think something's joined and I go to move one thing and it or I go to move the whole object over or move part of it and it moves mm-hmm. the whole thing or it only moves the part when I think I'm moving the whole thing. There you go. Yeah. Creating creating um, uh, chamfered edges. Mm-hmm. Stuff Isn't like that, that satisfying though? It it's kind so of good. is. Yeah. It's like because oh. you can you can build something and then select every edge on it and you're like. Chamfer the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say one of my um, one of my favorite things to work with in the past was was SketchUp. Was it called SketchUp? Mm-hmm. I've done that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was before Google owned it, and then they bought it. Now I don't know what the status of that thing is, but that thing saved me. There was a point. Uh, this is back before I quit uh, and did this full time. But I was working for a company where we suddenly were in need of a bunch of three D mockups of retail. Um, stands and like end caps for stores and stuff like this and i panicked because i'm like all right well you make me do everything else and now you're gonna have me do this and i really don't have a ton of 3d experience and none of them wanted to spend the money it cost for like a big suite or anything like that so i went and grabbed sketchup and i was shocked how quickly i could mock up you know what mm-hmm. an end cap would yep. look like stocked with a bunch mm-hmm. of fake products and with a header on it and it looked real like it rendered out and looked nice and oh you yeah could use it in presentation and everything and that was a real 
uh, lifesaver <laughs> for me. Sorry, my wife just brought me tea and <laughs> leaned over into the camera. Just uh, get a whole face, place full of Kim. Uh, <laughs> thank you, dear. Um, anyway, so uh, that sounded like the oldest guy thing to say ever. Thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. Thank you, thank you dear. Um, anyway, uh, it was awesome. So even stuff like that, you know, like just get your feet wet with uh, like uh, yeah, Adobe. Tinkercad is a good easy one, too. Like if you're sure, just starting yeah. out. Yeah, that's a that's another one to kind of pick up and yeah. play with. Adobe has something called. Let me find it. I don't have it listed here. Does Adobe have one that generates? Um, so the right so kind of files for. Yeah, and it'll do object files. It'll do it'll output to different kind of files, so you can go hmm. a little crazy with that stuff. But it's but it's not meant for. It's not, it's not a tool where they're like, hey, this is for three D printing. It's for making three D product packaging slash mm. objects and having oh, them rent. dimension yeah dimension Adobe dimension and they yeah. rent they render out into the most like photorealistic stuff ever. they look amazing yeah. yeah it's really awesome so if you were trying to yeah. say hey we've got a new version like you do this at coke like coke's like all right we're doing coke zero plus but we need a new can design you could take a 2d hand-drawn design wrap it around a can render that thing out on what looks like a real table and suddenly you'd swear there's a new can of coke that you never heard mm-hmm. of before like mm-hmm. that and i love messing around with that thing the only problem with that thing is it's not it's a, it's a lot of pre-built objects you don't you can do some some tweaking and stretching and moving but you don't get to just go in there from scratch and say all right i'm going to build a 3d object right. of my own choosing you kind of have to you know use their stuff and use what the community makes but it's a decent way to fiddle around with some of that stuff you know sure. kind of learn the basics yeah. of rotating around an object i keep hoping that that uh we'll see more and more happen in uh vr because vr is a great place to oh yeah do f- like the physicality of sculpting and moving I and would, touching i would love to see something more cad like in vr because yeah. it's all very and, and and very organic sculpting is cool it's just not my jam yeah. i want to go into virtual reality like tony stark uh-huh. mm-hmm. i'd be like here are my dimensions and it's like blip. Right. It builds this thing in front of me, and then I can grab it and rotate it, and like poke yes. aside and extrude it. Like, when's that happening? Yeah, not soon enough. That's the answer. Yeah. Is right. there? Um, have you ever played around with the organic three uh, D modeling tools? Like a tiny um, bit. Yeah. Sculptress yeah. and ZBrush. That's yeah. what Mud Mudbox was. Mudbox back in the day. was. I think yeah. that was. Mudbox that was, was very much that. Mudbox was all right? like just like mushing a piece of clay around and stretching it right. out, extruding it, adding detail. Yeah. Like they basically. If you had a, a Wacom or something, you'd just treat it like clay. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was really neat. I don't know what happened to Mudbox, though. Pull. I think Mudbox went away, Z- didn't it? ZBrush kind of took over. And it yeah. is, like, really, 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 really good. I just haven't used it very much. Oh, mm-hmm. it's still... Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I take it back. Mudbox still still out there, unavailable. Still a thing. Still a separate thing. Still auto-dust. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah. played around with... Um, uh, with Maybe not ZBrush. Sculptress. There you go. And uh, I always thought it'd be fun to, like, create a couple of... Funko Pop looking Scott and Brian 3D yes. prints to like uh, use as Patreon giveaways. Dude. But uh, man, you've got to have some ability to do some sculpting before that works. I used to live with a guy, Phil, great guy. Oh, Phil. He is currently an artist at Funko. So hold on, Phil and Bill. I just want to make sure I have that right. Phil. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All Phil. Right. That's yeah. awesome. No, my my buddy Phil is a is an artist at uh, Funko, so we'll, uh, maybe I'll give give Phil a call see if we can. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> see what's going on there, Phil. Phil Phil and Bill's 3D Emporium. Check us out. Uh, well, this is great. I'm I'm I actually appreciate the the nudge. Also, I, I don't Wonderful. know how hard is this. How hard is it for? Do you have to have special cameras to do like say clay sculpture and then do 3D scans of that stuff, 
or have you figured out some wicked way to? I, I haven't done any 3D scanning myself, mm-hmm. um, but I did. I was at a convention and the guy had a giant machine and I got scanned there. So mm-hmm. I have a, a 3D model of my body, mm-hmm. but I haven't done any 3D scanning myself. There's a, I, I kickstarted a thing that uh, basically you put your phone into and it's got a little turntable and a, um, a laser, laser, like a, a, a line, a laser line. And as it rotates your object, it tracks where that laser, where the bumps are on the things that you're scanning mm-hmm. until it goes all the way around. And then it gives you a 3D scan that you can then import and mess around with. How'd you do that uh, one, cool. Brian, where your wiener showed up? What was that thing you did? It was, uh, it was like a little... That was that was at a... Uh, <laughs> when my wiener showed up. <laughs> that was at uh, Denver Comic Con. It was a guy... It was a booth like where they would actually 3D print it for you, but for a little bit less, they'd just give you the STL file. Yeah. Right. And I basically stood on a rotating platform with a, what is the Xbox camera called? The oh, uh, Connect. Connect, yeah. The Connect, where basically a Connect mounted to a uh, 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 an arm would go up and down <laughs> as, it, <laughs> as it slowly rotated me, and I had to hold my open mouth Ibit bomb pose for... Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's five amazing. minutes while it did this thing that was amazing because it, it was very uh anatomical in its scanning ability that thing <laughs> it, it created a, a quite a bulge and i had to go into uh you didn't want to frighten anybody so i had to go into an S, uh, a modeling program and and reduce the bulge well, well you know i get just the word connect uh gets me excited you know, oh, i understand uh, i mean connect yeah, you know. oh, don't even say oh, it now you guys that's why i'm glad to tell you about connect right now that you can only see my top hat. that's right that's it so so if you're using Mudbox, you would use the reduce bulge tool <laughs> to probably, soften that right out i think it's what i what i think i did that with uh sculptress is i just there opened up the stl file in there and went Yep. It looked like the opposite of uh, what the kids did in Weird Science. Oh, there thank, you go. thank goodness for that. Uh, well, all right then. Bill, uh, great stuff as always. Uh, any yeah. bonus links you want to leave with us today? Oh, yeah. Our friends Evan and Caitlin are at it again. They made a phone charger that's a, an inductive phone charger, but it looks like a little arcade machine that you slide look your phone in. that. It's adorable. Oh, look at this. That is so cool looking. You guys. And they made, so they made 3D files. Obviously, the whole video is worth watching, but they made the 3D files available. And I believe you can dump them into Fusion and change the uh, parameters so it'll fit whatever size phone you have. And the model will rescale automatically. Nice. Because Evan knows a lot more about making that stuff work in Fusion than I do, because he's a legitimate engineer. Why does it look like it's got a cupcake on top, though? Well, it's you can paint yours however you want, Brian. <laughs> oh, look at the way that's... Sl- I'm going to get... I need to do this. Oh, it's yeah. little cat ears. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Mm. All right. That's awesome. Jeez, how... Yeah, I wonder... That's a... It would only oh, suck so they, if they changed form, phone formats one year and you got the new format and you're like, ah, oh, crap, i got to make a new one. So it looks like they modeled it in clay or something first and then took the measurements and then 3d printed it or? Uh, all of the uh, all of the examples they have at the beginning are test prints gotcha okay so, so that that's they a, wanted to okay. figure out the fit and everything so that it would fit in really snug but not be too loose oh, that's so cool that's really yeah. rad kind and of. you could probably take one of those um one of those chi chargers and slip it behind that thing so yeah that, yeah yeah or just take there one apart oh it is oh it is a while so they that's exactly what they did they did that with the Wireless yeah, they're not so having to make about their... the arcade part. I <laughs> got the on-air light that actually makes this thing charge. 
which is right there in the title. <laughs> yeah, in the thing there. No, that's awesome. And taking one of those round ones apart wouldn't be wouldn't be hard. Like you could do some cool stuff. That's a really neat idea. I I love. It. Mm-hmm. Do the buttons do anything, or they're just decorative? No, they're decorative. All right. Yeah, I'm watching them hammer one of the buttons in there right now. Yeah. Very very cool. <laughs> so yeah, definitely not functional buttons. All right, well check that out, everybody. As always, pleasure having you here, man. Glad you're doing well. That you guys are good and healthy and all that. It's Bill Duran, PunishProps.com. For all your Punish Props needs and Chinbeard on Twitter. Bill, have a great day. We'll see you later. Toodaloo. Bye now. Bye. I like his toodaloo. Whoa, wait, what? Toodles. Toodles. Let's get Justin in here. Got some stuff to talk about. Things to go yeah. over. Here's this. These are their stories. No, no, diddly, diddly. Oh, I'm terrible with names. Are you, though? It's Justin Robert Young, everybody, joining us from Oakland, California. It is uh, good Hello. to have you here, sir. How are you? Hi. Okay, so you and I can hear each other. Oh. Ah, but yes. we can't hear Scott. Oh, can you no. not hear me? Why? Well, How are you, Justin? I'm doing good, man. What's up? Uh, hello. Can you hear me now? Oh, there yeah. we go. I don't know what that was, but it happened. Sorry. That was weird. Um, hey, I don't know why that did that. That shouldn't have. I didn't do anything weird. Uh, hey, Justin's here, and I mentioned Oakland. Yeah, I did. Hey, it's good to have you here, man. Look at you with your cool. What's on that shirt? That's rad. What is that? Oh, it's a little uh, like a luchador. Oh, it's like a wrestler, like a luchador uh, deal. Yeah. I like that. Hey, uh, just so you know, um, this is a little bit of a sneak preview of one of my uh, recommendals tomorrow. But I watched that Andre the Giant documentary on uh, on uh, HBO. On HBO, you know the same director as the guy who uh, is is currently doing the ten uh, part Michael Jordan documentary. Oh my lord, that's the other one I want to watch right away. So um, that's good to hear because I really liked that Andre the Giant documentary. I thought it was great. Uh, my connection to wrestling is far more tenuous than most people I know that really like sure. wrestling. Yeah, but there is a section of time, mostly in my formative years in the '80s, where you couldn't avoid the Hulk Hogan's and the Andre the Giants and the whatever's oh, yeah. of the world. Like it just was there. The Undertaker demanded your respect, even though you don't like wrestling. You still just knew what this was, and you knew it was intense, and you knew that people had a real fandom for it. And the John Stossel time, or the what there was his name, John Stossel, yeah. His whole thing with getting smacked in the hallway, like all that stuff was like infamous from my growing up years to the point that I had huge interest in this documentary. And it is fan freaking tastic. It's really good. I'll tell you what, if you want and uh, uh, to kind of explore stuff more, there is a great series that is currently airing on Vice called Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. And. While the stories you might not have, I mean, it's it's really, really found an audience with wrestling fans because it's done a very, very good job of kind of covering these things in new ways and getting new uh, uh, sound bites and stuff from a lot of the, the principal people. But uh, the aesthetic, I think, is very much up your alley. Really? Uh, okay. It is very 80s synth wave kind of soundtracks, hmm. uh, and it does a great job of like they do these silhouette reenactments mm-hmm. like uh, uh that are really 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 well shot and well done but uh they they just did one all about that John Stossel uh uh interaction and and yeah. the guy that slapped him uh and, and everything that that happened before during and after and and it was really really well done and where so can I, I where is that. this where can i get it i'm pretty sh- i mean They've put a lot of them out on YouTube. Yeah. 
and the ones that they didn't put out, I think, have found their way to YouTube. So okay. if you just look for Dark Side of the Ring, and uh, uh, otherwise, it's on Vice, uh, the the Vice Land. Ah, uh, gotcha. Channel. Okay. Oh, I guess it's on Hulu too. Oh, all right, very cool. Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, all right, yeah, I'm marking this as a thing to watch. I I don't know why I'm fascinated with that stuff, but not really a date. I'm not a day to day wrestling fan, but I like the historical oh, I mean, stuff because i mean part of the reason why i think hardcore wrestling fans stay hardcore wrestling fans is much like you know broadway or professional sports or anything that has a weird like it's a weird profession mm -hmm. and so you wind up getting fascinated about these behind the scenes stories because it's an odd job to have mm -hmm. and uh, uh they are weird people that are attracted to it and, mm -hmm. and lo and behold Things happened, and and uh, some of them, like Dark Side of the Ring, focuses on like some some of the more even like true crimey elements. They they started this season with a two parter about the the Chris Benoit murder suicide that was exceptionally well done. Oh really? Yeah, I'd be interested yeah. in that as well. Um, here's a here's a line from that Andre the Giant documentary, which is called Andre the Giant, by the way. Everybody, they didn't get real creative with the title, but uh, here's just a fun line that I made me laugh. The sound of of Andre taking a fart? Well, they were loud. Big man, big fart. Uh, a mean Gene there talking about Andre mean the Giant Gene. farts. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. You know that voice from anywhere. Yeah. Just uh, passed away this year, right? Or uh, last year? Either this year or last year, yeah. uh, I think we lost uh, mean, by God, woo, Gene Okerlund. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. January 2019. So a little more than a year. I thought it was, I thought it was more recent, but it was last year. Anyway, uh, well, this year doesn't count, as we all know. No, no, like, this year is a total write-off yeah, at this yeah, point. This is, right? Yeah. You ever, uh, if you could write off time, this is the time. If well, I could write off time. <laughs> Nicely done. Let's get on the aircraft carrier. That's right. Fishnets for everyone. Yep. So, given actually, nice transition because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, not much, so, not so much politics this week, but about these protests. And while they yeah. are in some ways. Obviously, they're inherently political in some ways, but uh, but in other ways, they've they've got you to thinking. And uh, I'm I, I like what you told me last night as we were talking on text. Let's get into it. Uh, how do you want to well, approach let's, it? Let's let's start here. What do you think of the protests? All right. So I think the protests. Uh, and we are. And let's understand also that we are painting a very broad brush here. There are a lot of people that are protesting a lot of different things. Yeah. In yeah. general, there is a common thread that people would like businesses that are currently mandated as closed by the government to be reopened. Right. Uh, and obviously the scope for which they are asking for changes. So yeah. before and for I some... get an email, sure, sure. let's understand <laughs> that that's, that's the quality. I'm glad you said that. And also, you know, there's a big, broad difference of why some people are protesting. There are people that just want to surf and can't, and they're protesting. But then there mm -hmm. are people whose entire livelihood is at stake and they're protesting. So there's a, there's a and wide... There's... Then there's Castle Rock, Colorado. Yeah, then there's you in that restaurant. Actually, that's a, I'm glad that happened there because that'll probably come up in this discussion. So I here's yeah. what I here's my take. And yeah. I've tried very hard to maintain this take because I think it's important for me mentally. It's easy to throw shade on a bunch of people who are tightly packed in a place, uh, carrying a bunch of guns and acting like they're, you know, 
they're they're fighting the man or whatever. It's easy to to, to drag in the subway. Guys. Which, by the way, if I had a rocket launcher on my back, I'll bet you I'd be able to get those damn extra pickles that I keep asking <laughs> for, and they give me like two more slices. And I'm like, no, right? I said extra yeah. pickles. Yeah. I want more pickles than that. And they look at me like I'm weird. I tell you what, they wouldn't be looking at me scanty pants if I had a rocket launcher on my back. Yeah. Tell you that you're not wrong. A good idea definitely get more man. pickles yeah. for sure. Scanty pants. The way and that the, my favorite part of that uh, those images. There's a series of them, and the fourth one is the sandwich artist uh, guy working there who's looking over his shoulder at this dude as he walks in with the with the face that we all want to make if we saw that guy walking in it's just like oh my gosh really <laughs> anyway so there's all these variations but what i have also tried to do is try to see it from the perspective of people who are really really deeply disrupted by this mm-hmm. because it is easy for me where i've been able to sort of maintain things there's a few you know it's made some things tenuous here at frog pants but it you know been able to keep on the air keep doing what i do so it's easy for me to to sit here and make judgments or say things about one side or another or if there are even sides to, to pick or whatever but i'm trying to be empathetic to how it feels to be somebody who owns a salon their entire life is tied up in it. Yeah. All of their livelihood, their ability to take care of their family, their kids, everything else. I'm trying to make sure I remember that because some of these people, that's who we're talking about. Some of them are just there to watch stuff burn and are being a-holes. I'm no, I have no doubts about that. But there's, a, again, a nuanced look where there's a lot of people in between. And some of those people aren't just, quote unquote, Karens. Like everybody wants to do all oh, the poor real Karens in this world. I feel bad for them. I know, I know. I know. OLF. You know, I always think about uh, uh, Karen Matthews whenever we talk about Karens. She yeah. doesn't deserve this. No. And I know lots of Karens <laughs> and they're all very nice and there's no reason why they should be dragged so hard. But anyway, um, that's how I'm trying to see it. So whenever I see somebody up in arms, I try to think, well, okay, maybe that, that they're one of those people. But then there are these you know, people like at this gym in LA or whatever it was, that were all out in front of it doing push-ups in front of it. Open the gym. We got to get oh, working no, on my no, guns. No. Stop. You got to give, got to give it credit. <laughs> Greatest state in the union, Clearwater, Florida, where everybody was doing squats and push-ups. That's oh, was it Florida, <laughs> not California? I thought it was LA or something. That was California. No, right. no, no, no. It was, mm. uh, you know, great state in the union. Because part of me is like, I know that some of these people are doing this because they don't get it. And they just think, they're buying into the hoax narratives or they're buying into that's not as bad as everyone's making it seem or they're buying into, mm-hmm. you know, oh, the Democrats are trying to take down the government and right. all this stuff. But I know that there are people who are just legitimately like, I'm going to die on the vine here if I can't if I can't mm-hmm. get something going. Right. And I'm so struggling. Something's got to happen. So I, and- it's hard is what I'm saying. Like I, it's yeah. in, like Brian said, the word is nuance and there's nuance mm-hmm. to this like there is anything else. So it's this. So to answer your question, Jury, for me, it's a combination. It's an amalgamation of frustration, and and I, I think empathy, if that's the word, where I'm I'm trying to understand, but also some of these guys are really just, you know, making me think that they're the dumbest people on the planet, and I'm trying to balance <laughs> those things, you know, I'm trying to balance it. It's hard. Yeah. So what? Yeah. How about you, Brian? What do you? What's your take on that? Because you got the so the restaurant thing's a good example. How do you feel? Yeah. About all so that? this last weekend in Castle Rock, Colorado, a restaurant, and it's funny because he apparently the guy who owns this restaurant 
was trying to get other restaurants in that area to join him and say, you know what? They can't stop all of us. We're all going to open on Mother's Day. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, you know, when you you and all your buddies are standing at the edge of the swimming pool and it's like, all right, we're all going to jump in. And you all jump and only one of you jumps in. <laughs> Which is what happened to this guy. He was the only restaurant that opened up on Mother's Day. But they they had video of this place completely uh, completely packed, um, wall-to-wall people. Maybe two people inside the whole place were wearing protective masks. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, and, you know, they had the, the constitution and declaration of independence and a bunch of people wearing flags and, and the, those two documents taped on the front windows and stuff like that, turning it into a, this isn't a health issue. It's a political issue, which Mm -hmm. is the part of it that I disagree with. It's, it's, you know, it's got the potential of setting us back eight more weeks. If this creates another, another, um, uh, blip right or another 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 small word yeah another outbreak exactly yeah Yeah. even if it's a small one with 200 people because then you got to exponentially draw that out to whoever they may come like yes it's another another people are thinking about you know what i i'm fine i don't care if i get it it's worth it's worth um uh it's worth me taking my mom out to lunch for mother's day and me kind of expressing my support of this group of this restaurant yeah, of the up, restaurant right which is which is the bigger part of it right the problem is that they don't think about all right one person shows up to that restaurant they've got it maybe 12 people leave that restaurant infected asymptomatic they don't know they've got it and they go to the gas station and they kind of get spread around there a little bit or they go to they give it to the doordash guy who doesn't know he's got it and gives it to five other people yeah that's the part that bothers me is that they're thinking of themselves and the restaurant and not really thinking about the whole reason that we're, we're all doing this because believe me i'd love to go to benny's right now and go get a a combination g platter my favorite mexican restaurant in denver or i'd love to go up to um uh, broomfield's eat restaurant and go up and get their amazing pancakes but and i know that those places are struggling they're doing takeout and i know they're struggling but the reason we're all doing this is the reason we're all doing this yeah but see they've got and, some people just have ideas that we're n- that they're that they're being that it's just a big ruse. I have a, fa- a I'm an extended right. family member well, who think this on. is all before just... before we get oh, into yeah. that right. before yeah. we, we we ascribe <laughs> and, motivation. Yeah, and there is a, and there is a kind of a, a postscript on this story about the restaurant in Castle Rock. Uh, the governor found out about it. Governor Polis, uh, who's celebrating his uh, birthday today, mm. he found out about it and said, uh, "Nope, uh, you guys, we're, the Tri County Health Board is taking away your license yeah. for at least thirty days, and um, good luck with that." Yeah, yeah. A similar thing happened in California, where a couple rural counties that have like, I, I, if they've seen a case, uh, it is you know been there and gone uh they started opening up some of their bars they're like one bar in the county (laughs) and uh they wound up getting their liquor license pulled but it did that kind of brouhaha did sort of speed along uh gavin newsom who had previously said that the next phase for rural counties to open up more and some of the other statewide uh, orders to to move forward would be weeks away and then the phase after that would be months away that timetable got kind of moved up ahead as soon as there was some civil disobedience. So, Mm. you know, here is where I'm at. Uh, Number one, it's extraordinarily, uh, well, here, let me start here. Um, LOL at everybody who thought that, uh, uh, by the way, spoilers for the Watchmen comic and movie, (laughs) but (laughs) spoilers, <laughs> but uh, 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 
LOL to everybody who thought that Ozzy Bandius could bring the world together by having them all suffer a tragedy at the same time. Yeah. Uh, a giant squid. Yeah. yeah take I've that always away. thought that was stupid. Uh-huh. And I've always thought people who thought that Ozzy Bandius was doing the right thing, you know, <laughs> at a terrible cost were stupid. Mm-hmm. And now I have never even thought about that there's a parallel with what's going on that kind of says, okay, that's proof it wouldn't work. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have taken our shared trauma and we have weaponized it against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, why are these people doing these things? Why are there a bunch of gym bros doing squats outside of a clear water uh, courthouse? Because they don't have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. Why are we spending so much time thinking about what some clear water gym rat is doing with his day? Because we have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Everybody's sitting around. Everybody's processing this in their own way. And they're all making, you know, whatever actions that they want, be they snarkily hitting people up on Twitter or going out and protesting. Uh, but the the bottom line is we're all terrified. And instead of it giving us something to unite around that we are all scared about our jobs, our health. Uh, uh, the, the the status of our, our very governments and the fabric of our society. Instead of us binding together on this, we have uh, uh, you know done done nothing but find the the, the fractures that we can can widen. And mm-hmm. that's just something that I, I I can't really wrap my head around because I don't know if that goes away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that gets better. I don't know if there's a moment where we're done with this and we don't just stay the the heightened level of pissed off that we were before and of course now we roll into an election which is just it's when theoretically we're supposed to be super fired up about this but uh it, it's something that i don't really know if there's someone to blame i don't uh, my, my gut instinct is is no i shouldn't blame the people that are out there protesting because whatever they're protesting that's what a protest is for is to make you aware of their opinion i am now aware of it uh i don't know if i should uh uh, blame the people that are are fired up about it and want to uh you know score clout by slamming them uh all i know is that it just makes me profoundly sad yeah Mm -hmm. i'm with you i mean Mm -hmm. i do think it would help things if there was more unity on the leadership front and I don't just mean, you know, I'm not just talking about Trump here, although, you know, him yelling liberate America on, on, on social media and saying certain things during his pressers isn't helping, um, unify anybody. Uh, well, I guess it's unifying those who want to go out and, and protest, uh, and whatever. But I, I wish there was more unity that way. Like every time I hear Fauci talk, it sounds like, um, he's in a different dimension than, some of the other people that act as spokesmen about this. And I think that would help that kind of unity. And so it's easy for me to say, well, I, I trust Fauci. He's been well, but even forever. then, you know, theoretically, Fauci is supposed to be there next to Trump. Whether or not you agree with Trump, they are on the same team. Yeah. But oh, you'd yeah. have a hard time figuring that out by the way that it's talked about. Like we've carved up even that. Like yeah. that's our federal leadership. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, 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 it, it now becomes an either or. Well, do you like Fauci or do you like Trump? Yeah. Is it Team Jacob or Team Edward? Pick your side. <laughs> yeah, and that sucks. Like, I was listening to some of the stuff this morning before the show started where he was doing his remote um, testimony for the for the Senate hearing. 
And uh, we were actually, Brian and I were joking about whether he was a wear pants with the Zoom conference or not wear pants with the Zoom conference. I'm pretty sure he's dressed to the nines. Brian thinks jeans, but nobody thinks naked under the, or, you know, underwear only. There's no way. Hmm. Anyway, not the important part of this discussion. Uh, When I hear him talk, I feel like I'm hearing the guy who I trust and I'm hearing the voice of reason. And it contradicts the other stuff I hear from people he's supposed to work for and with. And that's, that has to factor into this frustration. We can't even get this. We're not even getting the same messaging out of the same team. It's like if, I don't know, like imagine the Bulls playing basketball, but Jordan's like, no, I'm playing baseball, but doing it during the basketball game. Like that's kind of how it feels. It feels like it's just torn asunder to the point that, yeah, you're I mean, picking Dennis sides. Dennis Rodman did appear with the New World Order during the finals <laughs> in 1998, and they still won the championship. Well, it's because I need to watch that documentary. Did they talk about all that? Is that all in there? I don't know. They haven't gotten to that part yet. That okay. was that was literally during the finals. He skipped a practice so he could smoke cigars with Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash wow. on television. Wow. <laughs> did he ever, did they get, sorry, I don't mean to derail further, but did they get into the whole, um, the night they just wiped the floor with the jazz even though? Um, no, did, that that's, so they have literally just gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's kind of a mess of a documentary, to be totally honest with you, because really? they, the, 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 really cool part about it is that there was all this footage shot during that season Mm -hmm. um but they decided to break it up into 10 episodes so they could make it kind of the definitive story of the entire bulls run through the 90s yeah and so they go everything is anchored in that 97 98 season but they keep going back in time and sometimes it's way back in time and sometimes it's in the early 90s but their timeline's a total mess. The episodes aren't particularly well structured, in my opinion. Really, but uh, uh, the the behind the scenes footage is is awesome. So the the stuff that happened in the last episode was apparently during Space Jam. Uh, everybody, <laughs> they built a gigantic dome for Michael Jordan with like a regulation size basketball court. Yeah, and like every NBA player came in to like play basketball with them in this weird dome in LA. And the dome was that, what, and, like and, a green screen dome or something, so they could do all. No, this? no, no. This was this was not shooting, right? This was just after oh. the shooting was done, and gotcha. Jordan wanted to get back into shape, and so he just had this like all star <laughs> lineup come down to LA and just play with him. Wow, that's uh, yeah. I gotta. I mean, I'm excited to see it. Anyway, didn't mean to derail us, but yeah, I agree with you. The unity thing, the uh, hey, we're in this together thing, and not even that. Like it's deeper than that. In fact, the word you used last night was was better. Let's see, what word did you use? You said, I won't read your whole text, but you said something about, <laughs> um, ah, dang it, you used a great word for it, like what we're missing. Uh, and it's uh, uh, let's see, possible if it's a DOJ, but that was me being a okay, yeah, I can't find it. <laughs> Anyway, you said a really great word, and the word was, and it really resonated with me, and it's this, just this, like, the thing that's missing that we had the day after 9-11, and, and I have a theory about that. Uh, yeah. After 9-11, it was like, the deed was done, and we knew what it was. A giant p- set of planes hit here, this other one landed and crash-landed here in Pennsylvania, this other yeah. one did this in the Pentagon. So the, the damage was immediate, and it was, it was happening, and it was obvious, and forget about, you know... It was it was an inside job. Forget those people for now, which lately yeah. is harder to forget them than ever. But anyway, forget those people. And let's just say, <laughs> OK, we saw what it was and we had to do what we had to do. And we did it. And we went and you go and you go and you go. And it also 
It wasn't a thing that was mysterious and had a bunch of side effects we didn't know about, or you don't have a mutation of 9-11 where suddenly uh, more hit buildings are getting hit because the cha- the kind of planes changed, the way a virus changes, and suddenly you know a bunch of kids in New York are sick with weird new symptoms that are nothing like original COVID because it's you know blah, 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 blah. So all those complications weren't there. So it's easy then to go, as a country, I'm not talking about the world here, but as a country we can go, all right, we're all together right now, at least for now. We're thinking the same. We saw what we saw. We're all incensed, blah, 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 yeah. blah. But this thing with all its freaking weirdness and, and nebulousness and everything that floats around something like an outbreak of a brand new, un- understood, really complicated virus has made it so that it's just too easy for somebody who's affected in a different way slightly or has a different disposition to take a harder position on, well, I'm going out there and I ain't wearing no mask. It's just Bill Gates trying to take us down or whatever. And then you have the other extremes of like, I'm not moving an inch. You can't even look at me or I might get the virus. Like, you know, there's, there's, and then there's all the in between. That's what makes it different. So I think that's the problem. I could well, be and wrong. also it's like scientifically, since everybody wants to jump up and down and yell science uh, as if it's going to be a blanket to protect them. Uh, the scientific way to look at this is to understand that we really don't have a full understanding of what this is. Mm-hmm. We are all learning in real time. We all of our assumptions need to be questioned. All of our assumptions need to be tested against reality. We are watching this unfold in in in, in real time and the public policy by which to figure it out uh, and, and to also understand that there is you know, permanent damage that can set in by closing down the economy for a, a, an exceptional period of time needs to be factored in. I'm not saying that everything needs to open up tomorrow, but I do think that part of the lack in leadership, and I mean this from the top all the way down, is that we are in a situation now where things are kind of being done by just decrees, mm-hmm. right? We're not seeing like we don't know i don't know right now okay if cases continue to go down in the bay area for the next 14 days what opens up on day 15. Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah that's not been made clear like and so everything is all right well if enough people run to the beach will gavin break on the beach Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. if enough bars open up without permission will uh uh, gavin uh, uh start opening up bars and that's just it's it's a chaotic world it's a world that breeds kind of this this conflict and uh i don't know if there's anything that can be done about it but the 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 strident nature from everybody is just and i mean that from you know the people doing burpees out front of uh the clearwater government building and uh, uh, everybody who wants to be smug and superior sitting in their house, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I don't get the strident stuff. Yeah. I just don't understand, and I don't see how scientifically you can. Yeah. Also, I don't think you can. Well, I mean, maybe social science and psychology will one day have great, great workups and papers on all of this, but it's not the kind of thing. You know, my sister can come on here every Thursday and say, well, this is why people do this at a base level. And when you scale it, it's even more complicated. At scale, humanity is really hard to deal with. Um, but that doesn't get us, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't solve any, it doesn't have any, like, solutions. It's like, again, with 9-11, we knew who the enemy was. 
and we knew what you had to do to fight that sort of enemy. And so you did. And so you quickly blew up stuff and shot, you know, and some would say too much stuff um, as a result. We don't have to get into that. And that's when things start to divide again. But here you just don't have, it just doesn't exist. Like we had this big choice last weekend. Do we have Mother's Day and have the kids over? Everybody has been locked down for three months. Uh, everybody has been clear and free of anything. Uh, do we have this moment where we can be together? And even if we do that, do we make um, my two youngest uh, who have been in a car on their way here, do we make them shower when they get here? And we did. They showered yeah. when, we, when they got here. Uh, how how much time or how closely do we want to be with the baby? Well, someone needs to change his diaper. How do we sit around the table? Do we hug when we're done with this? Do we not? Like, are we going to play board games? No, because those are weird surfaces that could be, you know, we, we were out of this world cautious. Yeah. And it was wonderful to have everybody here. And it was teary and awful when everyone had to leave. But even through all of that, all that precaution, all of that, well, you know, the governor, our governor did say families can be, can be getting back together and groups of 20 yeah. or less and all this. So even low, you know, even governmentally, I'm following the rules. But there's still a piece of me that just was like, shouldn't we just all be trapped in a bunker and nobody move? Like, you know, I was feeling guilt about it. And yeah. so... That's what a messy, weird thing. Like nobody, and so everyone's gonna, depending on their personalities, they're gonna react to this differently. What I just described, some people are gonna get so angry they'll shoot somebody over it. Um, yeah. And there are other people who just cry, and not leave their bed. And then there's me who's trying to balance it. Like that's the problem. It's just too too many variables and factors for a species of being that is already terrible at this. <laughs> that we're bad at this kind of complication. We'd like to see patterns. Yeah. We want a story. We need an end to that story. We need to feel like our role in it is the right one. And even when we feel empathetic, we're also worried about our own survival and it conflicts. And anyway, I'm just kind of babbling at this point, but that's my take. That's where I think this this is unique and puts us in a place where it we're is. not used oh, to. Oh, no, no, no. There's no doubt. Well, I mean, here's the funny thing is that it is something that is horrible it's something that we have never experienced, uh, although it is not necessarily unique. There have been pandemics between uh, 1918 and now, right? Like we had one in 1958 that killed 116,000 Americans. We had another one in 1968 uh, that, that killed a significant amount of Americans. Uh, you know, the, the, the best thing that we can do now in my opinion, is is just obviously make the decisions that are right for you. But uh, what I what I worry about is the permanence coming out of this mm. because this will fade, right? Yeah. You know, there 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 is a a point in which, and and it looks like statistically that we might be over the hump of the worst of at least the deaths. Um. We are far more prepared for it now, specifically, you know, even Dr. Fauci during the uh, the, the Senate uh, hearing today was making clear that, you know, we're going to be in a far different position if it does come back like the 1918 flu did. Uh, if, if this comes back rather in the fall, like like that one did it when in its time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I worry about where, you know, the the anger doesn't go away 
the blame doesn't go away. Um, and and we are in a situation where that has bred far more than anything else. And I think part of it's boredom, part of it's terror, and and uh, I it, it's just something that I I find very very sad. Yeah, it is. Um, I did a news fast again over the weekend where I consumed mm-hmm. zero news. That was all right. That felt pretty good. Not just because I don't want to say that all news is, you know, some of it's informative and I need to know about it, but I don't know. I recommend it once in a while. Oh, Keep- by the um, essential tremor right for you with 14 exclu- question marks. How is that? The right decision? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that everybody should do what they want i'm saying that like number one i'm just acknowledging a that people have free will and they're gonna do it Mm -hmm. uh personally we have been very careful about social distancing we've been very careful about staying out of stuff like i i'm 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 here's how about this one for a for a radical concept I can't control the world. Yeah. And even if I bitch about them on social media, the world will not be controlled because I have a very stern language. Like it just, it, it to me is it's, it's, it's wasted effort. It, it, and more than that, it's harmful. It's harmful for our society. Yeah. Twitter kind of sucks right now. And it bums me out because it's also my number one favorite interface to, to where I can get with people in the community and in the fan base that I can just communicate with them like quickly, like, Hey, you got a question. I have an answer. Hey, when are you guys doing those art classes? Oh, it's Saturday at this time. Uh, but if you missed the first two, you can go check it on YouTube. Like this communication thing since 2007 has been one of the most important tools in my chest period. Yeah. But man, it, if you let it, if you let yourself go too far into it, or I don't know what, the, I don't even know. That's not even a way to say it. If, if you, <laughs> If you let the fringes get to you in there, it's just a cesspool. It's terrible. Yeah. And it's bad for people and and bad for us and and you said it earlier, people do a lot so much stuff just for personal clout, so they don't really believe a thing they're saying. So much bad faith happens there. Just so much of it. And one but but there's uh, just I don't I don't I'm, but I mean, I'm torn. Again, like I don't even know if it's bad faith. I just think people are scared. People are really really scared. And and I mean that you know, uh, 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 everybody. How can we not be? Mm-hmm. How can we not be when we're staring death in the face? How can we not be affected by it? Like, yeah. like this is something that to me is eminently understandable. It's eminently reasonable to be scared. I just, I just don't know how we come out of it. Yeah. And and by that, I don't mean the health. I don't mean the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I mean our view of each other as we are heightened to this level yeah and and maybe this is just an online thing maybe uh, uh i i you know on one hand i gotta pay attention to social media because so much of what my job is with the politics stuff kind of revolves around it and maybe this is also me just overdosing on everything like maybe the anxiety of everybody going through the political machinations plus the anxiety of all this is just kind of warping my feeble brain and i am i am just a a you know, now been left to mush, right? I am mm-hmm. fully willing to admit that. And for anybody who thinks that I'm, you know, a an, an appeasing uh, uh, moron, then please just no go to sleep tonight, tucked into your bed, knowing that you're right. Uh, <laughs> but 
maybe it is that. Maybe the rest of the world is just dealing with this in a far more healthy way. But from from my perspective, the thing that I worry the most about is that this is yet another, if even more insidious way that we can dehumanize each other. Yeah. And that that to me is something that um that bothers me and makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. well. We could go on for days about cause and effect and, you know, all that, but the thing that makes the thing that makes this unique is that we're all connected in a way we weren't in 1917 or 1918. Sorry, it's Trump who thinks 1917 was the year. Um, but in 1918, <laughs> I think it first we, hit in 1917. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true, but he he thinks it. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, we <laughs> we uh, we we are connected in a way we never have been before. And so when that happened, you could live on a farm somewhere up in northern Oregon and never even hear about the thing until eight months after it happened. Um, you could you could literally this could come and go and you wouldn't you wouldn't be told you may even catch it almost die from it or die from it and just think it was a bad flu it's different now we all got it or we're all connected we all got ways to to see what's happening at a moment's notice and on a global scale like i think that's the difference and i think we're just maybe we just maybe in the end see this is where i'm trying to be optimistic about the future but maybe in the end that the lesson is huge and, and we, and we learn from it and it may be hard and it's a pain. You know, it's kind of like how those Star Trek people had to have that big final war before they got enlightened enough to finally take to the stars and get warp drive and all that. Right. right. Data so, came down and explained things to him and said, you can rest assured that you're, you're uh, joining your solidarity will matter a lot to your children that won't be born because you'll be devastated and wiped off the yeah, surface. Yeah, remember that planet. episode? That was, yeah. a, that was a good lesson in that one. Exactly. But, I think about that one a lot lately. Yeah, yes. there, is, there is something there. Um, but, but that's my point is maybe, maybe on the other side of whatever this is, if there is another side of it, it's such a perpetual machine, our current social network, that it's hard to see it as something you can look on the other side of. But maybe yeah. at some point we, we, we look back and go, okay, well... What we learned is that that connectivity actually saved a lot of lives, but also we everybody had their opinion and they all shared it and we all gave it equal ground and and maybe we'll learn something from that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is that ultimately I don't think that Twitter or social media has made us worse. I think it's given us mirrors. Like I think that all these opinions were always there. The difference is is that normally you would have to have a friend that would want to listen, or you would be understanding that you're burning social capital if you were talking to a friend that didn't care about your opinion uh, on this particular subject. And now, not only can we air it uh, and feel good for having it put out into the ether, but we can find validation on literally any opinion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and and even more so on the most um, controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how the algorithm works, you know. Uh, uh, and and I, I think maybe there is a case where just those people, the people that need to yell, are yelling, and I'm overvaluing that, and I'm overvaluing uh, uh, the the people that are out there protesting, and they are by far the minority. And then when this stuff does fade and we do see sustained low death rates and we do see a little hot spot that pops up but it it gets uh you know uh, controlled quicker than we would have otherwise and it doesn't spark a global conflagration that at that point there will be an exhalation mm-hmm. there will be a moment where we will say 
man, I'm glad we got through, even if this is just phase one, I'm glad we got through phase one and I'm glad we got through it together. Yeah. And boy, howdy, do I hope that that's the case, but holy crap, Aroni, <laughs> do I not see where it comes from right now? Well, I, I don't, I, I'm with, I'm a hundred percent with you on all that. Uh, we will have to see. All right. I think it's a good conversation to have, and I'm glad we had it um, on the show. There we go. Uh, so now we're, we, uh, we all, everyone feels a little, just slightly better because we've shared our feelings. I know I do. Um, and uh, I always look forward to having you on here. Is there anything you're doing this week that people might find intriguing, fun, or otherwise entertaining? Oh, I don't know. Slowly <laughs> circling the bowl of depression. Uh, whatever. Oh. It's politics, politics, politics. Follow me on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. All right. And I'll come. We'll raid you today if you're, I think you'll be in there by the time we do it. Yeah, so, I'll uh, be in there. We'll, right. uh, we'll, we'll do that. So, ladies and gentlemen. The jury will now retire. Justin Robert Young. See ya. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Aww. I know. He's not, he's not loving how this is going. Well, nobody is, but you know. No. No. You can hear it. <laughs> it, it is frustrating. Yeah. It is for sure. All right. Um, never even thought about that Watchmen connection, but it's like, oh, God, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> this could have been our giant squid, and it was not our giant squid. It was not our giant squid. That is absolutely true. All right. We're going to uh, take our leave. Today at 1230 Mountain Time, there will be an episode of The Instance, so about an hour and a half from now. Uh, join us, uh, myself, Patrick, and Garrett, if you would like to hear some things about World of Warcraft and beyond in the world of Blizzard. That will be happening today at or, uh, sorry, 1230 Mountain Time. And, of course, on the podcast feed later at theinstance.net. Uh, we are at patreon.com slash TMS. If you have a desire to support your favorite content creators, that's a great way to do it. And we'd love it. You get bonus content you can't get any other way. And you are welcome to do that anytime. That's patreon.com slash TMS. Big thanks to those who already do. If you're looking to contact us, uh, send us song requests, uh, any of the things we do on the show, all of that is at frogpants.com slash TMS. All right, Brian, play us out with a song, would you please? Will do. Uh, Tina wrote in, not my Tina, but a Tina, uh, said, "My husband Daniel has been on a military deployment overseas for what was supposed to have been uh, what was supposed to have been six months, but instead of coming home last month, he was extended for another three months due to COVID. He's been really bummed lately, and I know it would cheer him up to hear a cover of his favorite Disney song on his favorite podcast. Thank you for all you guys do." Signed Tina. Oh, Daniel, man, we we feel for you, and I hope yeah. you get to come home soon. Um, I didn't even think about this aspect of, of COVID is uh, keeping guys who are out on military duty from being able to come back home. That sucks. Yeah, uh, but Daniel, your favorite Disney song is Let It Go from Frozen. Okay. All right. We can live with that, I guess. Um, here's a version of that song, Let It Go, uh, performed by the band Newfound Glory. They included this on their 2019 album, From the Screen to Your Stereo, Volume 3, originally by Adele Dazeem. Here is the song, Let It Go. By newfound glory. See you guys tomorrow.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs>